Oh, a whole new section, Steve, if you want to come up with a jingle. I don't want to come up with a jingle. <laughs> Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And I'm John. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the wordy wanker. Because uh, I couldn't say Brett's one because it was much of a tongue twister. Uh, guys, how are we all? John, how are you? What have you been up to in the last, since you, since forever? Because you've never been on this podcast, so I can't say last week. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, what have you been up to recently? Uh, recently, I have been, uh, just survived my Christmas orders. So I actually, this was my first season, a holiday season as a maker selling things to people. Uh, and it was, it was, uh, fantastic it was also very challenging uh, because i got a lot more business than i was ever really expecting you know quality problem but still <laughs> it, it made uh, it made the holidays that much more stressful um yeah. but you know i got through it and it was a, a good season so i'm having a lot of fun but yeah it's uh, lots and lots and lots of tentacle bottle openers and now i'm starting to get into uh, leaves and forging other organic shapes so yeah that's that's pretty much what i've been all about lately awesome yeah it's funny i was talking to uh i think it was al actually um last week about the fact that Who's uh, that? Uh, that al <laughs> um <laughs> that if i uh if I want to do any selling for next Christmas, I've basically got to start making uh, next month because I'm, otherwise I'm not going to have time to be able to make stuff and do everything else um, before Christmas. But uh, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, yeah. Brett, what have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? <laughs> Why don't I ever know what I'm doing? Uh, we got heating installed, so I can't Woo-hoo. say braving the cold. Yeah. Because it's legitimately warmer. In the shop, it's quite nice. Uh, we've been working on some cabinetry stuffs for Jim, and I have no idea what. Well, no, 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 I do know exactly what got me going on it. A few days ago, Jeff Fader was doing a live cast on Instagram, and I popped in for a bit. And they were, you know, of course, they were just talking about knives and all things cutlery, and I realized I hadn't made any kind of blade or cutting implement since Al's knife. So mm-hmm. I forged up something that is knife-esque. I have no idea what it is. It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's just some weird shape that I was like, yeah, that, that'll that do. Whatever that is. Anything's a knife if you put an edge on it, it's fine. Yeah, no joke. Um, but I'm kind of practicing doing a little bit better handle situation because there are a few knife makers that I have met or follow and their approach to making the handle of a knife is is just as important as making the actual blade itself so yeah i've just kind of in between some mostly working for jim and not doing much else i have been making a knife question mark (laughs) (laughs) but i mean because because that's one of the things is um it's one of the things that we talk about in the shop quite a lot is the fact that there's a big difference between being a knife maker and being a, a bladesmith um, so knife maker means doing all the fixtures and finishings and things like that because there's, oh, right. there's there's quite a few um, knife makers or quite a few people around our way that that claim to be knife makers where the the fit and finish on the knives is just really lacking um, and that's why we kind of ship all of ours off to Ed to get him to do them properly because like that really makes 
a knife. Right. Um, but I did and this have... one is this one's super simple because I'm yeah. trying to learn. But there is elk elk horn nice. Ooh, nice. in it. So that was a neat one to play with. Except for I had totally forgot since I carved the skull a few months back. I kind of forgot that sanding bone just smell. <laughs> and I immediately I'm I'm sanding and I kind of huff something and I was like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That's basically poisonous. Yeah. Great. Smells like a turd wrapped in burnt hair. <laughs> um, wow, are you doing... Anchorman dig? <laughs> Good lord. Uh, are you doing any kind of video for it? Nope. Cool. Because I, I made the knife for Al and I was really happy with it. I yeah. don't want to make another knife video. I, I have other things that I would yeah. like to do. No, I, the only reason I was going to say is because I will hopefully tomorrow, so by, by the time this actually comes out, I'll have edited together the video I did for making that um, uh, slope blade and putting that out. Well, the hand. Oh, so that would have been Boy. another situation of you can't do your thing until I do my <laughs> thing. And then I wait no, nine it was months just, for you. No, it, it was just going to be a case of, oh, I did that as well. And I was going to put it out. And yeah. Um, so yeah, stop, making, uh, stop making technical uh, bottle openers because Steve wants to make something with technical <laughs> and it'll take him 11 months. <laughs> Um, I do actually have a question though. That heating, what? Because what actually is it? Because it just looks like a black pipe in the air. Poip, poip. Uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, is I it don't like, know, man. I could go on and on. I, I really, I really don't want to go on about the type of person that exists up here and what work means to these folks and quality control and whatnot. Um. I will say it was supposed to be done and installed in a day, and it took three and a half. Yeah. Um, it's basically a steel pipe, two steel pipes, and there's just propane being oh, okay. thrown into them by yeah. some little motor box, and it just gets hot and throws it. it it's it's like a pub, an outdoor yeah. pub thing, only uh, okay, cool. scale. So yeah. it's neat. And we hooked it up to a nest, which is probably like <laughs> the most tech that we have in the in the shop, besides maybe the CNC. Funny little thing. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, I just I wasn't sure if it was electric or gas. That was all. Uh, it is Ow. gas. <laughs> Ow, what have you been up to? I thought English people like to talk about the fucking weather. <laughs> Our transatlantic friends love telling you how cold it is and how how minus it is below uh, a number that has no relevance. Um, <laughs> oh, nothing like a good Fahrenheit dig. <laughs> Someone will explain it to me one day. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, what have I been up to? I finally got around to bottling all my cider. Um, it looks delicious. I got. I left it very late to start the, the ferment, but luckily it was so cold um, that uh, the, the apples... <laughs> Talking about the weather again. Yeah, the apples um, actually lasted for months after I'd picked them. So they were sat in the in the hack shack for months um, yeah. and perfectly fine. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, mushed them all up, pressed them. Um, they've been fermenting away for a few weeks. I was trying, I was experimenting a little bit because last year I had I didn't have very many apples and I was just like, right, do it by the book, follow a recipe, make some cider. And this year, because I had so much, um, I was like, right, let's let's do some experiments and some tests and try different batches and stuff, different ways of doing it. Um, so I've got like 30 litres of cider. Nice. Um, and some of it I've left like live, so I haven't killed off the yeast, and I've put that back in the bottle to like for a second fermentation. 
just yeah. to see what happens. It could go sour, it could go horrible, the bottles could explode, I have no idea. Um, but the other batch is really good. Um, I, had a, <laughs> I had a couple of pints last night. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, it's probably about like 4 or 5%. It's not it's not yeah. crazy strong, it's not like scrumpy strong. Um, no. But yeah, it's nice, it's satisfying just bottling up all this stuff and yeah. having these nice little sealed things. It's Yeah, it's Brilliant. Um, the satisfaction in it. Um, I finished, and rather appropriately, um, I finished the design of the bar. So I'm going to start building the bar this afternoon. Um, and it's weird because it's like almost like a piece of furniture. I've never really done anything like that. Like yeah. the, hack, the hack bench is off closest, the closest thing I've made to a, a practical, functional thing. Yeah. Um, and this bar will, you know, I've had to consider ergonomics and kind of size of things and room for fridge underneath and stuff. So it's, it's actually worthwhile planning for, for a change. So, yeah. Nice. Sounds proper good. Mm. Um, and the advantage is, with that second fermentation stuff, is if it comes out tasting, like, horrible, um, then you can always just leave it to go off for a bit and just get cider vinegar. <laughs> like everything in your house is cider vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. I like it. Um, That's cool. actually what I'm doing today, is brewing. Oh, nice. Oh, really? Yeah, beer. <clears throat> Nice. Me and a buddy are getting together. I'm, uh, we're doing a molasses stout and a oh. black IPA. Oh. oh. Yeah. I, Those um... are things that sound tasty. <laughs> <laughs> One hopes. Uh, yeah, that, that sounds delicious. Um, cool. Uh, what Steve, have what have you been up to? Uh, you were too late. Oh. I asked myself. Uh, what have I been? I've been on holiday. It's been lovely. I made a spoon. Well, I didn't really make. I made a spoon-shaped thing that didn't really have enough of a dish because the shop bought a uh, hook knife that I got was nowhere near sharp enough, and I forgot to bring my sharpening stuff. For... A deep spatula. Yes, actually, I, I did make a spatula as well. I made an oh. elm spatula, uh, but I didn't post that on Instagram because I didn't. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, we stayed in a human-sized beehive and. <laughs> It's fucking great. <laughs> so weird. Say it properly. But what the humble bee? Oh no, the the pea hive. <laughs> the people hive. Um, yeah, no, it, it's been really good. It was um we kind of needed a bit of a uh time away together. Um me and Jazz is his. Um and I spent only most of the time complaining about the fact that I needed to be back in the workshop. Um but uh but yeah, I've got a, a huge list of, of things to, to start cracking on with now. And um and yeah, it's kind of it was good to get that that bit of a breakaway, but I'm very, very keen to get things uh rolling now. I'm actually gonna be going over to the other workshop on Monday, uh Alex's, because the floor has been laid. So we've got a uh, concrete floor down, that's all dried and set, and uh Phil will be coming over Monday, I think, to start putting the timber st- timber work up. Uh-huh. So we'll actually have a a working workshop in the not too distant future, which is really exciting. Brilliant. But um but yeah, that's it. That's enough uh storytelling from me. So why don't we talk about storytelling from everyone else? <laughs> Specifically <laughs> the one person that's done it semi professionally, yeah. professionally, John? Yeah, I guess semi to professional, um, depending on what your opinions of my writing are. Um <laughs> Which, but, by the yeah. way, I've looked for on uh, Amazon. 
And yep. I think I've actually found uh, a load of your books and I was going to send them to you and be like, is this you or am I just buying some random person's book? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, there is a British mystery writer out there named John Harvey. And he has been publishing for years and years. Um, and he is not me, obviously, but we sometimes <laughs> get each other's fan mail. Um, so from me on Amazon, you will find my first and only novel that was published, which was The Cleansing in 2002. And the other item you will find is a short story that I put out there called Bite Size. Cool. So those are both out there. But yeah, before I became a blacksmith, uh, I spent a lot of years writing fiction, specifically uh, dark fantasy, horror, thriller, crime writing, stuff like that. Uh, had a novel come out, wrote a bunch of screenplays, um, had an agent for a while. So that, that, was my, that was my gig. And then eventually, I'm going to say like this last year, I kind of retired from writing and I'm now concentrating almost entire all all my creativity is going into blacksmithing and metalwork. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, <coughs> excuse, sorry, <laughs> I went to talk and then coughed. <coughs> um, excuse me, I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> like, hit the back of my throat. Fuck off. <coughs> um, thanks for covering, guys. Professional uh, <laughs> Bob Fleming here. <laughs> Uh, I, I've not even, I, I don't even know what I was going to say now. I Perfect. Died. You just did. <laughs> coughed just it out of your system. Coughed it out of your system. <laughs> I would say I'd edit this out, but I'm not going to. Um, no, that's really cool. Uh, so now that you're doing, cause I, I mean, I think we've, we've talked about, um, like off, ca- I was going to say off camera. No, off air. Uh, we've spoken about, um, the fact that you found, um, quite a nice, uh, community but well you, you've you've discovered the make community and, and and you found it quite nice um but is there a reason that you you decided to switch from doing the uh the the writing into going going into the the blacksmithing that was really bad english <laughs> <laughs> don't worry I won't, I won't edit you on the fly <laughs> um, yeah i suppose what i'm trying to say is how come you stopped writing and went into blacksmithing? Well, to be perfectly honest, I I kind of, for me, uh, I mean, so the first factor was there's only so many hours in a day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I can be kind of mediocre at each or I can concentrate on one. And the reality is that for whatever reason, the blacksmithing was, the it turned into the thing that I was thinking about all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is probably a pretty good indicator of, of what you should be doing with your time. If, if that's what you, you know, you wake up and you think, okay, how do I, how do I move metal this way? Or how do I make this do what I want to do as opposed to how do I get this character to go do a thing? And so eventually I just said, you know what, I'm going to throw myself into the blacksmithing. And, you know, and and a lot of people have said, are you done with writing? And my answer is typically it's a soft retirement. I'm done for now. There's nothing that says I can't go back to it right now. I'm I am just blacksmithing. But, you know, it's something that for whatever reason I think about all the time, it comes easily to me. I'm I am I'm a. I'm I'm not 
a natural talent at many things, including blacksmithing. I am <laughs> a natural talent at writing. But for whatever reason, blacksmithing is just easier for me right now. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So coming from a, a kind of um, a, a storytelling background, I know that um, I've seen more and more in the the maker community, especially with the videos, people, um, when they make something, they don't just want to show you a, a how-to video. There's there's a lot more storytelling behind it. Um, and and that can be just a case of um, something simple like uh, explaining the reasons why they had to make something or going into detail about um, like the, uh, the the ethos behind what they're making, like someone like um, Essential Craft or someone like that. The, the storytelling within the, the videos and the Instagram posts and things like that is really, really good. Um, and it goes all the way through to doing something like the, the full fly videos, for example, where there's a, a proper um, kind of proper, yeah, a proper. Uh, I was I was trying to think of fictional narrative. There's a proper fictional narrative going on behind uh, the actual making uh, side of things. Um, so, how do you kind of what, what's your your thoughts and opinions on, on on that side of things? Like, do you think that's um, being someone that's kind of come into the maker community do you find that that's uh, a good thing or do you think it's it's better to just be um quite uh, factual about it or do you think it, it it's better to have those kind of um story aspects to it so i think there is definitely a place for the straight to how to steps one two and three type videos and god knows i watch plenty of those because i need the help <clears throat> but one of the reasons why I am so attracted to the Fools with Tools community is because you guys are so storytelling-centric. And especially, like, with the, you know, Fool Fly thing, I mean, you, you guys have actually started to kind of build up your own mythos and running storyline, and you feed into each other's audiences using that storyline. So uh, when Jess does a Fool Fly you know, video, all of her fans become aware of all of you guys. Yeah. So, and, and I think that type of partnership and, and synergy, I think it's really fantastic. And that's something, so 2019, I've basically, you know, <clears throat> said, this is the year that I'm going to do more video. Yeah. Yay. So I am going to start doing more of that stuff. And, and I'm, you know, so the first steps are going to be, how do I turn on my camera? <laughs> um, and then going from there, but, but, you know, I do have, and so this is, this is where I might have a slight advantage over some is, uh, I do have a screenwriting background. Oh, nice. So that's actually what my, what my degree is in, um, from, from college is screenwriting and journalism. So I do storyboarding and all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, so I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do it, but I'm definitely going to be doing more of that. But I, I definitely think storytelling is the, um, is the way to go for most makers. If yeah. you want to attract a broader audience well, than I, I, other makers. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, like, I think one of the things with, um, with the whole storytelling aspect of it, like it's, if you're doing a, like an instructional, how to step one, step two, step three, then you you kind of open yourself up to 
people saying, well, that's not how I do it. And that's not the right way. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. Yeah. Whereas if, if you're doing more storytelling, and like I say, that doesn't necessarily have to be um, on the scale of the full fly stuff. It can literally just be like, my dog needed a bowl. So I made this bowl out of titanium and walnut. Um, but you, you can kind of tell that story. You can get, um, you can create a, a whole narrative around it. Yep. And I think that's, that's really good for someone that wants to create a video and get something out there that doesn't necessarily have the confidence to say, this is how you should do it, or this is how I do it. And I'm putting this forward as a, as a way that people can replicate it. And instead they can just go, look at this thing I made and why I made it and kind of put that, that out there. And I would, I would send people to uh, makers like this old Tony Mm. uh, or even, or Red Smith um, are both very good at doing, they're, they're not strict storytellers, but they, they definitely have a narrative that yeah. goes through their videos. And I, I think they kind of, uh, they're, they're not doing straight how to this old Tony, I think sometimes does more how to videos, but, but definitely weaves in like personality and narrative into it. And I think yeah. they're, they're, they're good people to watch if you want to see a combination of the two. Yeah, Definitely. I was, I was. Funnily enough, before we even decided of on this as a topic, I was thinking about this um, this morning. Um, Josh in the in the Fools with Tools group, he, he posted up um, some of his uh, his YouTube videos because he's just kind of started doing them again. And he was saying, "How do I get more views?" You know, million dollar question, sixty four thousand dollar question. There's no such thing as a million dollar question. Um, and he was obviously there's a million answers to that and. It's not always necessarily the right thing. How do I get more views? That's not always that detective is the wrong question. Um, but and and the my inst my like instinctive answer straight away was weave some storytelling into your videos because exactly to your point, Steve. You know, it could just be a look at this thing I made, and I think in order for that to be successful, it either has to be a really fucking good thing <laughs> that's visually just you know striking yeah. will will attract attention no matter what. Um, or the process is super interesting. Yeah. So like Jimmy, you know, watching Jimmy build something in, 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 in um, high speed, you know, you don't, there doesn't have to be a narrative because him making it is the narrative. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the processes that he uses is, is the interesting part. Um, but then I thought, actually, it could just be the object. It tells a story. So I was yeah. thinking something like, like Heath Knuckles, like, he has videos that are, you know, 10, 20 million views, absolutely viral videos. Um, there's no narrative to it. It's turning something square into something round, you know, which is kind of satisfying to watch and you polish it yeah. a little bit. But then the object at the end tells a story, you know, the the the, the hidden beauty within it is almost like a, a, a little fairy tale in its own. It's almost like a little snow globe. So yeah. even just as a static object, it's telling a story. So I think there's, I think there's something in between those two worlds, Steve. So yeah, there's me who isn't making anything but is telling a story. And then there's somebody who's like just explaining a how-to and there's no storytelling yeah. at all. It's just, you know, a, a guide. Um, yeah. But I think there's there's a lot of, of middle ground oh, yeah. as well where you could you could just visually do it or or tell a story through, you know, uh, the atmosphere. Like stories from, from uh, The Forge, Steve. Yeah. Just the sound effects alone tell a story. Yeah, and they transport you to somewhere, and and they, you know suddenly I've got this idea of the 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 heritage of that building and the past and who used to work there, you know, just from a a short clip. Yeah, I mean, because 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 the thing is, is like you 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 
put it brilliantly. Obviously, like let's say it's a sliding scale, but storytelling Sloyd. doesn't. <laughs> storytelling doesn't have to be. Um, like you say, it doesn't have to be once upon a time. Once upon a time, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the galaxy far, far away. It doesn't have to be that. that in a rigid. dark, dark night. <laughs> um, like that, there is so many different levels to storytelling, and and I was I was actually going to ask uh, all three of you, but specifically to to Brett, um, how would you how would you define storytelling? Because it's to me, and I realize that's a right asshole of a question. Oh is, man. <laughs> but, but like to me, it, storytelling can be so many different things. And like, like Al said, it can literally just be, uh, you know, a, a bit of the end of a burl that's got some really cool patterns in it. And you can just look at that and allow your imagination to go well. Cause that's the thing is like, it's so much better to allow someone else's imagination to fill in those blanks than to over explain everything to them. Right. What? Brent, answer it. Okay. Yeah. So all I heard, all I heard, I guess Al cut out for a second, but all I heard was, bap, bap. was <laughs> um, so that, that's a really difficult question for me to ask as someone who is not super eloquent or, you know, hasn't necessarily been around the books for a long time. Um, You're quite eloquent. I like, eloquent. Oh, hush it. Maybe when I'm awake. I don't know. Um, <laughs> So I'll, I'll I'll just talk a little bit about some examples or, or some things that I think about when I am discussing storytelling when it comes to movies, because I, I do appreciate film a lot. I really want to watch movies with a good storyline or good character development. You know, all those things that you learn as a storyteller, all the people that went into it professionally, the people that you meet in your life that can really just keep you on the edge of your seat of a story. Yeah. And it, it could be, you know, what interaction they had with the garbage man two days ago. But some people just have that gift of gab and can really tell a story well. When it comes to the the examples that make the most sense to me, it happens to be film. And that's usually with a little bit of a grain of salt because I, I'm as... Uh, I'm as much of a fan of film as I am, you know, a dumb critic that keeps to himself and tries not to put his opinions out to anybody else. <laughs> I just, I, I try to ingest movies because I think it teaches me to think about story, right? I've always wanted to go into film or film writing or filmmaking when I was young. And I started to try and pay attention to the movies that made more sense to me or the, the movies that had a better development or a better story arc. And, you know, some of us in the inner crew, we've talked about it. Uh, one of my favorite movies is The Professional or Leon. Leon. I think as far as like lower budget, but with gigantic actors at the time, if you deconstruct that film into the story and the character development, there's very little exposition other than Natalie Portman kind of giving you some insight on how terrible her family is. But other than that, you put Leon together yourself yeah, with context clues and a little bit of development. And then he realizes that it's not about the money. And oh, my God, he actually just doesn't have a function in life. He, this is just what he does. And now he's met, you know, Matilda. And, it, and by the end of it, the, the huge twist at the end, it's all amazing. <laughs> That just happens to be the like Gary Gary Oldman's performance. Oh yeah, Gary Oldman, <laughs> absolutely amazing. But there's 
that happens to be the example that jumped into my head this morning. I have no idea why. Maybe I'm thinking of Red playing the professional, and I still want to, <laughs> I still want to film that and tell that story I mean, because there there was there was the moment of Jess and Red skipping that just needs to be part of whatever that film is in the future. Um, I would watch that so hard. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. You're yeah, yeah, yeah I'm you're not alone. You're not alone. So, as far as when when I can get a little bit judgmental on film or, you know, some big budget Hollywood thing comes out and you realize that it's just a load of garbage that a lot of money got spent on. A, a lot of that is because there's filler, you know, or you're over explaining things. It's almost like we talked about last week during last week's podcast where using more words than are necessary. Right. Hitchcock always did an amazing job of telling you without showing you yeah. or uh classic horror films which i'm not really a fan of horror films anymore because it just seems to have gone down the path of like the more gore and the more blood and everything the scarier it is but it the subconscious is so much more terrifying because people create their own terrified notions so if you can lead me into a story and allow me to become part of the experience or or a part of the environment that you've created you now you've like gone inside my brain. It's like inception, right? You've given me the idea and now I have to put the pieces together. And I think storytelling in that way where you're not overly expositional and just cramming the story down people's throat. And you're like, do you get it? This character doesn't like that character. Now they don't, now they fight. And then the good guy. Yeah, you, have seen, you have seen Justice League then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Oh my god, that movie is so bad. Um, but but just to quickly wrap up the end of that, I like storytelling that is either open to interpretation or takes you along a little bit of the journey and lets you develop that end game. Yeah. Whether or not it comes tied in a pretty little bow at the end or kind of leaves you questioning things. You know, everyone went crazy when inception came out just to bring up the example again because everyone had an interpretation for the end or what happened in the movie or leonardo dicaprio doesn't wear a wedding ring sometimes you're like as as much as you could look at that movie and go it was garbage or it was great the cool thing is that christopher nolan told enough of a story that that many people got locked into it and then everyone wanted to talk about it yeah (laughs) that doesn't happen with film a lot most of the time you watch it for entertainment and then you move on yeah. So right. I gotta I gotta give credit to like storytelling in my mind is less exposition, more come along for the ride. I'll try and give you the clues to get you to where I want you to be. And and hopefully we go on a little bit of an adventure together. Yeah. And have have Hans Zimmer do the score. <laughs> and have Hans Zimmer do the score. Or or Get Trent Reznor. <laughs> he, he does some pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, or John yeah. Carpenter. <laughs> oh. I mean, I think I think that's a really good uh, point, and, and I I completely agree that um, the vast majority of the time, especially with storytelling, less is definitely more. And I think the the beauty of it is, is you can you can use that, and it can be just enough storytelling that someone from the outside can kind of kind of come in and watch something, can enjoy it, um, and but it can go a little bit deeper than that. So you can have little uh, snippets of, you know, obviously the Marvel films do it a lot. Whereas if you know the background, if you know the story, then, you know, it's, it's got more of a, an impact and more meaning. And I think yeah. a, a great example of that is 
um, Al's Hamascus video um, when he when he did that, and having like all those little like little jokes and little things in there, but then having Red come in and just be like, no. <laughs> No, I don't think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like that, that was perfect and beautiful. And it would have been funny to anybody that didn't know Red, but hilarious to anybody that actually knew who he was. And it also means that, <laughs> that people that don't know who he is are going to kind of go, well, who the hell is that guy? And they're going to look it up and they're going to want to dig in further and they're going to they're gonna want to get more involved. Um, and I think that's that's a really good uh, thing for, um, for if you're doing something like that is to get, get people wanting to get more involved and, and have that discussion, like Brett said. Right. I'd, I'd love to hear John's perspective on that as somebody who's actually written stories. Um, you know, the idea that a lot of the things, uh, a lot of the videos that I produced or a lot of the storylines I've tried to tell have kind of a development. And it's kind of the more you watch, the more you might get. I try not to go too inside for anybody that's coming to the channel new, but obviously it's fun to do the full fly stuff and go, Oh, if you saw episode three, you'd understand this joke. How does that work when you're really putting pen to paper and something that's going to be more print oriented, you lose the sense of, of like sight recognition, right? With, Oh, the red shirt means that crew member is going to die in Star Trek versus, (laughs) you know, what you do. How how do you, how do you play that idea of developing somebody into your story or, or getting somebody to recognize all the context clues? So, I mean, when you're writing a story, you're going to accomplish the same Easter eggs um, that you're talking about kind of through tone through use of particular language through you can even do things like you know uh, paragraph breaks when a certain character talks they break up their language in a certain way and and so you can kind of do uh, on the page callbacks in in much the same way um, but I found it interesting um, your your take the, the less is more with storytelling. So my very first, so the guy who taught me the most about writing is a science fiction writer by the name of David Gerald. And David Gerald, if you're not familiar with his name, he's written a ton of sci-fi novels. He's won awards, but what he is best known for probably is he wrote the trouble with tribbles episode of star Trek. (laughs) Amazing. And I believe, and he wrote, he was co-writer on a bunch of other scripts um, on the classic Star Trek. And he also, I believe, created Land of the Lost. Oh my. (laughs) Yeah. So this is, this is the guy who taught me screenwriting in the very first class. And and the classes we were taking with him were about three hours long. Uh, As one, one class a week, three hours. And he came in and he wrote on the board, because this is back, um, you can tell how old I am because it was a chalkboard. There you go. And, <laughs> and he wrote, what is a story? And then he sits there while the entire class flails mindlessly at this question for three hours. To, you know, all the keywords and writing jargon, narrative and exposition and characterization. And at the end of it all, I'm, I'm going to give you the punchline. He writes on the board, a story is a person with a problem. Oh man. That's it. Mm, yeah. That's it. If you, if you take any story and you boil it down to its absolute component parts, it is a person with a problem. 
and I, I've added to the end of that, uh, and you're interested in the ending. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> it's going nowhere. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, a good yeah, cleanup. Yeah. I like that. But, but it is a, a person with a problem, and you're interested in the ending. And, and the, that last part is more of an audience thing, and that's capturing your audience. So going back to Josh, the question I would say he should be asking isn't how do I get more views, but how do I find my audience? Yeah. Who yeah, do I right. want to watch this and what yeah, is it I'm trying to tell I, them? I would, I would rather have um, 500 people who absolutely adore what I do yeah. than 500,000 people who just watch it and are like, meh, you know, <laughs> and move on to the next thing. Because I, I watch Josh's videos and I love them. And yeah. I love his, 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 his little comic books he draws. And he made that weird underbite monster thing. And... <laughs> Like it's it's completely up my street. I couldn't think of a, a like a tangible thing that was not not wrong with them, but you know needed yeah. changing. It's like oh, you could work on your um, your production value. It's like well, no, not really. Like I, I, I'm one to talk <laughs> on production value. Um, so f- from my point of view, like subjectively, he's doing exactly what he needs to be doing because yeah. I'm his audience. Yeah. Um, you know, if he wants a viral video, go make a fucking river table or something. nice but yeah i would say you know when when i sit down to to tell a story and this is whether i'm looking at a novel a series of novels a short story a short short whatever i start with a person with a problem (laughs) and build up from that and you can scale a person with a problem to uh one video a series of videos, however you want to do it. So that, that is my personal approach to storytelling is, is, is I look for, you know, who is the person? What's this person all about? What's their problem? And is anybody going to be interested in the ending? Yeah. I think, is it, is it that the, I've never thought of it that way, John. Thank you. That's, that's Mm -hmm. like a revelation to me. Um, Is it the, the, the shortest story ever, ever written? It's like five words. Um, something like yeah, cot, cot for sale, never used. Yeah, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The status, the status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like that, because I never thought of it like that. It's like that's yeah. You, you that, those five words tell you somebody's problem. You yep. know what they've been through, the setting. You know, yeah. That's really that's, yeah. That, everything that's else, everything after a person with a problem is window dressing. Yeah, yeah, and that's great. And window dressing is great, but you know you can. Instead of, and, and I think this is where I'm probably going to be going with, with my videos, instead of investing in a bunch of money for lighting and five <laughs> Lumix cameras and the tripod <laughs> no. and, you know, no, all, you know, all of that stuff, um, I'm going to figure out, you know, what's the, what's the problem? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in, in, I, I'm assuming in most of my videos, I'm going to be the person. <laughs> um, right. What's the problem, and how do I make people interested in the ending? Yeah, and and I think that's that's brilliant. And I think boiling it down to that such a simplistic thing is such a good explanation of of, uh, of it all. And be, because the thing is that goes that goes on further, like linking back to what um, we were talking about earlier on about with the the knife. Um, yeah, anything with a sharp edge is a knife. And wait, <laughs> you know, when you say what what's a knife, it's it's a thing with a sharp edge. It's yeah, what, what's an Paper. Axe? Paper is a knife. <laughs> it cuts things. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, you, you can. You can borrow. And most of the things that uh, we as as makers make, 
uh, it can be boiled down to a very simple thing. Like what's, what's a table? It's, it's a flat surface. That's it. Like I, and, uh, we, when we had um, uh, Zach on um, a little while back and we talked about that and, you know, what was a table? What we always think of as having four legs. Why, why should it have four? Why can't it have three? Why can't it have eight? Why can't it have whatever? And, and that's one of the things with, um, with making, whether it's um, a, a story or whether it's a, an object, you know, you, you boil it down to its simplest things. Like, right. What embellishments do I want to put on it? What, what window dressing do I want? What, what specific things do I need to add to it? You know, it, it can be um, like, obviously we, we do a lot of work with the axes um, in the workshop and we try and develop uh, slightly new styles and things like that, but they all go back to, <clears throat> excuse me, they'll go back to um, things that were developed years and years and years ago and they have specific reasons. There's, there's a specific reason that that little notch is in there and that, that curves this way and that curls that way. And we're trying to put our own little um, embellishments on it and our own little twists on it. There was a, um, uh, a piece written, I think it, it was in when I was in uh, college and one of my teachers said that there's only, um, I can't remember, it's four or five types of story. Seven. Um, Seven. Yeah, there we go. And, <laughs> and, you know, it's person has this person does. And, and, you know, there, there's only four or five types of acts. There's, there's mm. not, and don't write to me and complain about that. But there's only a small acts. Yeah. Like when you, when you boil it down to it, there's only a few types of everything. There's only a few types of nice. <laughs> there's only a few types of everything. <laughs> there's the quote of the show. Oh, there's really yeah. only a few types of everything. But, but that's the thing is it like, you've got all these options, but they're just variations on, on that theme. And, and it's the same, like I say, with the, with the tables, you know, it's, they're all variation on a theme. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of an important thing to remember is that, oh, sorry, yeah, Brett, go. What? No, you can finish. <laughs> what? Sorry. I was going to speak after you, not in the middle of you. Uh, yeah, no, I was just babbling at that point. Um, okay, yeah, great. So, John, I want to throw this out there because I, I brought up the list. Yep. Um, I I want to I want to like uh, put this up against what you said in terms of the simplistic person with problem. Is anybody going to care about the ending? the The list that I've got that's coming up over and over again is there's seven of them: overcoming the monster, rags to riches, the quest, voyage and return, comedy, tragedy, rebirth. So okay. that's that's the seven. Yep. Overcoming the monster is p- person has to deal with monster. That yep. makes perfect sense. Rags to riches. Person is poor. <laughs> Hopefully yep. is not poor by the end. Quest, obviously. Person has adventure or needs to achieve something. That's Indiana Jones, right? For lack of Lord, a better Lord example. Lord of the Rings is another or one. Or Lord of the Rings. They're all trading yeah. places. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is every single thing that I've I've listed so far. <laughs> Honestly, Al, that's exactly what I thought of because once I hit rags to riches, I was like, "This is trading spaces." Eddie Murphy is in every single one of these movies, and Shrek covers the rest because yep. it's all about donkey at that point. <laughs> um, comedy, tragedy, and rebirth seem a little more uh, abstract in terms of yeah. your examples, but it, as, as you're kind of parsing this down into something simplistic, which I think we all now have are like, Holy shit. That's an amazing way to just simplify. What, how do you look at those? Let's say those seven examples or this, the list of seven, how do you look at that and say, well, yes and no, 
And that's really every, I guess you could say that every single one of those is really just window dressing in a different facet. But when you're looking at that in terms of your own storytelling and you say, all right, I, this guy has a problem, rags to riches. What do you look at in terms of when you say window dressing, what is different there as opposed to the adventure story or whatever? I mean, the rags to riches could be an adventure or or like Steve said, everything is all the is all the same thing, right? <laughs> That's what you said just yeah, now. There's only so many types of everything. So what do you got, John? <laughs> I I what do I look at? I I don't. Um, <laughs> is I don't I don't really look at any. So and this is this is kind of my very uh, cynical about the writing industry or the writing about the writing industry, which is uh, no one, no one could write a, a long enough book about a person with a problem. So you have to create more stuff, uh, seven categories, because you can definitely do a, a book out of seven categories. And that, and that stuff is fine. I think for people who are just starting out and looking to like, I'm going to, put myself in this category the problem that i always had with that was that you know i would i would sit down to write a horror story and but it incorporated elements of this other thing and i think the problem with people looking and saying i'm telling a rags to riches story is they put themselves in a column and then they become afraid to break out of that column and I think that is, uh, especially on YouTube, if you're doing story through video and making those that you're not in a bookstore uh, looking at a shelf that has a label on it. You're just looking for a good story. So I really and, and it was the same when I was writing fiction. I mean, technically, I kind of fell in with the horror writing crowd. But I wrote a lot of stuff that wasn't um, in that in that genre. I just I got you know a lot of my stuff tend pro you know, tended to go that way. Also, the horror writers are really fun to party with, so <laughs> that was always good. But yeah, I don't because I see in different books, and some of them I'm I'm not putting down all writing and storytelling books, but I'll see there's seven different types of stories, there's twelve different types of stories, there's fifteen different types of characters, there's and and, and eventually you just have to say, uh, fuck it, I'm just gonna write a good story. <laughs> I like that. I you know about the you know, don't put me in a box thing. We've talked about that plenty of times in the podcast, but yeah. I love that because because we've also discussed you know, giving yourself some guidelines is one thing, but totally sectioning yourself off into, you know, not being able to grow outside of that space that you've kind of put yourself in or, you know, I, oh man, this is so invigorating in terms of just being <laughs> able to, like, all of us that have done a story-driven video or two, I feel are just going to be able to walk away after hearing some of this stuff on podcast. Go, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'll tell a story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever I want in the middle of it. Oh, this was supposed to be a full fly story. Well, too bad. There's going to be Battlestar Galactica stuff in here as well. Or we already did the crossover kind of with Rory's zombie challenge. Where it's like, why is Rory suddenly in Steve's <laughs> video? That's a full fly video, but Steve's not in the video until after the fact. And then he made a gigantic scythe badger blade thing 
None of that really makes sense if you were going to try and tell a rags to riches story about Steve. <laughs> well, and and why why can't you incorporate like Game of Fools into Fool Fly? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, what are, bring, we're going to do? Bring this gonna... up primarily because I could be any character on Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to see a before and after, right? The Wheel of Fortune thing, before and after, where it's like Game of Fool Fly, blah, blah, blah. Game of Fool Fly, Metal Alchemist. Blah, blah, blah. We just keep it going to where the title of one of our videos is going to be 30 words long. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think even more than people uh, finding it invigorating in terms of doing a video, I think like for people that don't do the whole YouTube thing, like they, there's still so much just from what John's just said. Like the fact that, uh, he was talking about the fact that he, you know, yes, he might fit mostly into a horror writer thing, but actually, at the end of the day, he's a writer. Yeah, you know, he's a storyteller. It's it's not about fitting into a specific um, pigeonhole. And I think it's the same with with people out there. Like, you don't have to be just a blacksmith or just a wood turner or just a, a woodcarver or just a, a ceramicist or whatever else. You, you can be this, this whole community is about being a maker. So it doesn't matter that you have to use one specific thing, or you can do mostly one thing, but doesn't it means that you're allowed to to go off and do these other little bits as well? Like the amount of people I've seen that will only work in one medium because that's what they do, and oh, I can't go into doing other things because that's yeah. not part of it. Fuck people are coming to my channel; they expect to see yeah, <laughs> exactly <laughs> the same thing over and over again. It's like yeah, no, Brett, your favorite thing is when like your expectations are subverted and suddenly yes unexpected things happening and it's like takes you by surprise like oh i'm not just going through the motions yeah like that that was funny because yeah. <laughs> i wasn't expecting it that you yes. know that that it, pleased me because i was not expecting it. yeah and it, it adds depth it adds interest yeah. like it's just see like like you said like watching someone do the same thing over and over and over again there's only so many ways that you can make that interesting but adding those other little bits into it make instantly make it more interesting like, like i say I I think we've all talked about it maybe in pre-shows or or just in like after hangouts and stuff, but it seems like we're all open to the interpretations of our, our own story that we're trying to tell with the videos. And half the time we've, we've had little jokes of like, Oh yeah, I was in the middle of that project. And then this thing happened. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody that with a little bit more professionalism or a little bit more straight line storytelling or video idea, whatever is going to disregard that stuff as, you know, extra or or an inconvenience and then move back onto their driven path that they started on. I I love the moments where something gets thrown into the mix and you go, "Hold, wait, wait a minute. What just happened now?" I mean, I took that piece of sheet steel out and it was too long for the table, for the table that I just made. And I was like, "Oh, it's a shelf tray thing because I didn't want to cut it." Yeah. I ended yeah. up cutting cutting some of it off anyways, but that just happened on the fly. And so it, it turns out a lot of the people in the comments, which was really, really awesome, were like, oh, my God, that tray idea. That's a, it's a neat idea. I love that. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool that people yeah. attach to this one little detail. But there's not really a lot in the video that shows that, like, this just happened. Yeah. Like, I took it out and just went, oh, it's too long. Great uh trey yeah because i i genuinely thought you planned that and i thought it was brilliant oh <laughs> see that's how we're going through life is just everyone <laughs> thinking planning there's just so much less planning going on 
I, I, but I love this. I love this, like, uh, this invigorating dynamic that we're all talking about of just, uh, you know, when we're telling a story or, or going through our maker adventure, whatever the hell we're doing, YouTube or otherwise, there is like you're creating your own story, right? You're the story at the end of the day. Be selfish about it. What story, if if you were to have your story written in the annals of history, what would that story be about? Well, he Man, woke up every morning, did the exact same thing, and then he made a t-shirt cannon dressed as a Firefly character. Yeah. Well, hold on. I want to know more about that guy. <laughs> And I, I think the thing is, it's what you say there is is perfect, and and it's kind of a nice note. It's to, not, but I appreciate <laughs> it. To to end. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Al, I was going to do a quick wrap up, but if you got no, no wrap up, I've just got one last thing to say. Like we we've talked about different ways of of storytelling. You know, it can be done literally with a narrative. It can be done through the visuals you use. I joked about um, Hans Zimmer, but I absolutely think yeah. music is a great way to tell stories, and we've all. We're all really passionate about music and how it plays a role in our lives. And I just want to make it clear that we're absolutely not saying that everyone has to tell stories and the things that they do. <laughs> no, please. please. And every fucking YouTube video I watch from now on to be like, and then I did this and then I tell the story. Oh, you know? Like <laughs> I love I love Ju- I love Junie's videos because there are stupid stories in them. Yeah. Of her going to Target and stuff. And it's just funny. And it's it's yeah. You know, if I if, if I don't go her I don't go to Junie's channel to watch her build a robot. No, I go to watch her fuck around, and that's the story. But yeah, it, it's not the storytelling can come in, in in a million forms. Basically, is what we're saying. Yeah, and that kind of segues really nicely into the point that I was going to make, which is, yeah, if if you're not doing, we spent a lot of time uh, in this episode talking about um, putting stories into um, your things that are going into social media, whether that's YouTube or, or Instagram or whatever. Um, but if you if you just make stuff to sell, then like from my experience, people tend to buy um, handmade items not because they've got, uh, or not not because they're necessarily wanting that specific thing. Like people don't buy an axe from us because it's uh, because they need a, an axe, unless they they need a very specific axe. A lot of people buy it because um, the fact that it's handmade, you can see that there's a story behind it. You can see like the story of how it's made, and and I think that's kind of an important thing to remember is an object can have a story behind it, even if it's just the process of how that went from being a blank bit of steel to an axe or, you know, a, a chunk of wood to a, a massive dresser or whatever. And, and, is, and is then the potential to to be a new story as well. You know, somebody's exactly. buying something, it's going to be in their life, hopefully for their lifetime, yeah. especially with handmade stuff, you know, like bespoke things. It's it That is then, it has its own new story. You know, yeah. you think of like the teddies you had as a kid. You know, they were just inanimate, ob- inanimate fucking object. <laughs> inanimate object. But then they beca- you you made up your own stories with them. Yeah. So yeah, everything has like a second life. Well, there's a reason that flea markets and antique shops exist. Jimmy the Wrestler. Right. I think when when you're going about making stuff and trying to sell it, like I'm not saying that every item you put up for sale, you know, you must write a. 12 page essay on the story of that object but just remember that a lot of people are are interested on uh, in those um in those stories behind the objects and, and don't be afraid to kind of to to go with that don't yeah Absolutely. um cool right i i think that's been 
quite a, uh, a spiffing little talk that we've done. Oh, uh, bro. That was terrible. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Okay, cool. So, <laughs> for fuck's sake. Uh, great. Uh, yeah. So, this week it's fuck off. <laughs> Such a melon. <laughs> this week, Al has decided that it's going to be jabs. So, John is going first. So, John. Who do you think is spiffing? Hello, John. So, <laughs> good one. So <laughs> this is this is someone that I have spiffed in the Facebook group, um, but needs a wider audience. And his name is Douglas E. Wilson, and he is a blacksmith on Little Deer Isle in Maine. And he's uh, he doesn't have a YouTube channel. Uh, but his Instagram is Wilson underscore Forge, and his website is dewilsonforge.com. And I love his work. It is very organic. If you go to his, if you go to his Instagram, you will quickly figure out that he is basically uh, Radagast the Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah, and and he is he's an amazing blacksmith. Uh, he is also an amazing artist. So you have to scroll and look at some of his artwork because he can basically forge anything he draws. Oh, those stones are amazing. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, so yeah. he's and and he is somebody that I think more blacksmiths should follow or yeah. makers in general. And and because he does, I mean, I think his Instagram got set up for him, and he posts to it relatively, you know, some frequency. Never uses hashtags, doesn't tag anyone, so he doesn't really yeah. do anything to pull an audience towards himself. So it's all word of mouth. So and and here I am providing a little word of mouth. To <laughs> we won't tell anyone, John. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. No. Um. Completely agree. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Al. Al-a-jow. Al-a-jow. Um, yeah, so in the intermediary rambling nonsense, uh, when we when we <laughs> mute ourselves to go into spiffing, um, Brett brought up a really good point about um, good stories sort of celebrating the the ups and the downs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've we've talked about this in the past with um. The, the the potential for some people sharing their kind of world in in social media for it to all be just positives like look at this amazing thing i made aren't i great um and i think laura did a really good example of of kind of celebrating a fuck up um last year and it really kind of resonated with a lot of people and i think yeah. you saw a lot of people after that kind of follow up with a oh, i fucked up too here's my fuck up video <laughs> um so i think it it, it obviously plays a a really important role in storytelling um Full circle back to John's original point about um, a story ultimately being about a problem, and yeah. you, you know you can't have a problem without something going wrong. Um, and I watched a video this morning, and it was uh, Neil from Pask Makes, um, fantastic channel. He makes really good things, um, really cool things, really varied. He recently made his own little sort of striking anvil, just out of some railroad track. Um, his pro- problem solving, you know, it, um, is fantastic, and it's just really calm sort of visual storytelling. 
Um, but the video this morning basically was just showing him trying to make a, a, a spoke shave, which is beautiful. Yeah. Beautifully simple, you know, really nice to see the process. I've I never really kind of understood. But you've made one, right? Or do you make a draw knife? Draw knife. Yeah, draw knife. Um, so, you know, a little bit more complicated. Um, but he, he he just kept fucking up. And like he 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 snapped the blade and then started again and then yeah. he drew, drew it out too much and there wasn't enough meat left and so he started again and then he cut the handle before he did the blade and there's like oh, fuck but he just <laughs> left it all in and it was fantastic yeah. you know what could have been a one minute video was like a really nice sort of ten minute long story from start to finish of all the kind of you know scouring of the shire and everything that goes along with it and and, and it was just great um, and it was all the richer for it for for, for showing the negatives as well as the positives so yeah. um, he's. He's got a massive following. I'm sure he doesn't need um, promoting, uh, but if you don't if you don't follow him, um, Pask makes P A S K. I think he's an English guy living in Australia. Okay. If there's a Sting song in there somewhere, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, nice one. Cool. Uh, so Brett, time is up. Have you found yourself a spiffy? Uh, for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly. Partial spiff. Partial spiff. It's new so, aliens. Um <laughs> I I believe a couple of the, the fools called out this video in, in the last day or two because it just came out on the seventeenth. Um it's not as much of a spiff of the person because it's Adam Savage, but he is currently hanging out with <laughs> Just like the most talented and ridiculous armor maker or prop armor helmet, Terry English. He's he's super talented guy. If you know anything about armor making or any prop making stuff for film, and he's gonna hang out with him, and I guess they're gonna be making King Arthur's suit of armor or or something really ornate and fantastic. Um, and a couple of the fools called it out, and I immediately went and hearing terry english's stories and his development it so oh my god i'm getting really caught up here <laughs> so i'm i'm kind of spiffing terry english but he doesn't really there's no tubery to really follow so you can go to adam savage's channel or the tested channel and follow along with terry and adam making this suit of armor but the first episode that came out is just terry kind of discussing armor and then telling a lot of beautiful stories and how it kind of came to be and how he got into it and when he was a little kid. It's fantastic hearing from a guy that's just been doing the same thing for a very long time that he's gotten very good at it, but it started very, very early on and the beautiful little stories about coming up through it. <laughs> Go watch. Go watch if you just want to hear some interesting stories and and you know, hopefully we all get to watch the little adventure that's going to happen with Adam building a scuba. <laughs> so I just, uh, I just need to caveat that. I think I absolutely Brett and like, it was amazing seeing that with, 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 with Terry English. And um, I think that's an old video. He went there last year and it, it was to make the suit from Excalibur. And Adam, I think has reposted that video as a first part in a series to make you sign up for tested premium. So we're not going to get to see the, the adventure, unfortunately, oh. unless you <laughs> sign up for Tested Premium. Um, oh. So, yeah, I got really excited seeing the same thing. Um, and the video is super inspirational and he's a super inspirational guy, but just just a watch out. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, well, that was 
really exciting and now I'm kind of disappointed but I'll sign up for testing preview because it's yeah. probably great and you probably get loads of good value for money yeah. amazing yeah, yeah, it, sucks. it sucks it sucks <laughs> see, if, see if we can find in a, in a legal stream or whatever to just watch after the fact or just go and watch Excalibur because he made all the armor in that and it's amazing yeah oh. and you get to see Helen Mirren's boops boops uh, awesome cool <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> go back. Uh, yes, uh, me. I uh, I was originally going to spiff um, uh, the Northman channel um, because of non-verbal storytelling, uh, and then I was like, ah, but they've already got like hundreds of thousands of followers. And then I was going to spiff someone else, uh, Essential Craftsman, for um, because it's someone that I I don't watch or I haven't watched a huge amount of their videos. Um, but the videos I have watched have always had like a really good um, uh, voiceover narrative to it. And and quite often it's just them, uh, or I say quite often, in a couple of the videos I've seen, they're not even talking about the thing they're making. They're just showing what they're making as a visual and then talking about something else. And like there was one they put out uh, very recently about why they make videos. Um, and it was really nice. Uh, but they also have um, a few hundred thousand followers. So I'm going to say both of them because neither of them really need it. Uh, but yeah, um, Northman, the storytelling storytelling in that as a non-visual thing is just fantastic. Um, really, really well produced, really enjoyable to watch um, and kind of like quite good slow TV um, stuff that you can kind of have on in the background as you're doing other things. And the Central Craftsman, let's say it's some quite nice, uh, just enjoyable things to watch there as well. Um, Northman is so soothing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go go check out them uh, and everyone else. Uh, and I think we can move into AOB. Any other okay? books? Any? Oh! <laughs> Any other books? It's almost like you'd thought about that. <laughs> books. Uh, Yes, so we uh, because we've got John on, we're going to uh, each go around and recommend a book that we think you guys might enjoy. Uh, and I'm going to go last because I forgot we were doing this and <laughs> haven't actually thought about a book. So, <laughs> Al, do you want to go first? Absolutely. Um, you asked right at the start, Steve, what you think uh, storytelling is for. Yeah. Uh, to which John uh, and Brett, Give fantastic answers. Um, I think storytelling is a great way for, to get people to understand things. So whether it's an allegory or a you know a fable, um, it's a way to kind of use metaphors and analogies to make people see things in a different way. And that that penny dropping moment, you're like, oh, well, that's what they're talking about. Yeah, but not in like a, a ham fisted way, like Brett, like Brett kind of pointed out. Um, and one of my favourite ways of telling that story um is calvin and hobbs oh yeah reading calvin and hobbs like you could read that as a kid and just be kind of entertained with the visuals and the funniness and the slapstick you know and the attitude but when you read it as an adult there's just so much in there that is just life lessons and like observations on culture and society and it's just so clever but at the same time, so simple. And to tell something in three frames that makes you rethink politics yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, um, sexism or whatever is just absolutely fantastic. So uh, no specific 
uh, edition, <laughs> you know, essential Calvin and Hobbes, if you can get hold of it. But uh, yeah. if you haven't read Calvin and Hobbes, absolutely, 100% recommend go out and buy, buy a book. Yeah, definitely. It's a really good shout. Um, I'm actually going to go next because yours segues really nicely into my one. Because uh, in my head, I was thinking, oh, shit, do I go for something like The Forever War or do I go for Wii or do I go for this? Or go for what? Uh, Wii is a book by Zami, not just I need to go for a Wii. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just had to... It's the history of Nintendo. <laughs> um, like, uh, I, was, I was thinking of all these other books. And I was thinking, oh, I could go for like one of the classics or I could go for one of the more modern ones or whatever. And I'm actually going to go for a graphic novel. Uh, I'm going to go for one called Transmetropolitan, um, which I think is an Alan Moore. I am questioning myself now, yep. though. But uh, yeah, Transmetropolitan, it's, um, there's, you can get it as, a, as a, like a trade paperback, and it's about 10 books long. Um, so there's a lot there. But oh, my God, it's <laughs> fucking brilliant. Um, it's really, really enjoyable. It is like there's there's some slapsticky sort of comedy in it there's some um there's some very interesting themes about um uh future possibilities and things like that um but it does boil down to a very simple story about a guy with a problem <laughs> and the problem happens to be a, a politician um but yeah there's there's a lot of really really good um storytelling in it and there's a lot of really interesting lessons that um you can take from it as well and as well as being really funny and enjoyable and weird and out there and yeah it's uh it's a good read and i would very much recommend that anybody goes and checks out at uh metropolitan nice so there you go well, uh, I, very, I very nearly went for dark knight returns so ooh, that <laughs> well, see because I, I was also thinking about going for the goon because oh, i okay. love the goon but yeah uh john 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 right so going back to the point about people kind of not being fit in a particular narrative box or genre, I am going to recommend an author by the name of Paul Tremblay, T-R-E-M-B-L-A-Y. And I will give the caveat that he is a good friend of mine, <laughs> but he has uh, really hit the scene kind of hard in the last couple of years. He gets uh, tweeted frequently by Stephen King. And I like Paul a lot because, uh, so he kind of like me, he is grouped with horror authors most often, but he is completely not Clive Barker, not Stephen King, not what you think of as conventional uh, horror. Uh, The book that I would recommend is specifically his 2015 A Head Full of Ghosts. And it is really fantastic. Uh, it is, it is. If you're going to say it's about anything, it's about possession. But it's also about kind of modern society, reality TV, in culture, uh, a lot of these things. It's it's a really really fantastic book. And he is somebody again. Like I said, he's a fantastic author. And he gets lumped in with horror most often, but he is not just a horror author. He mm-hmm. is a master of several different types of storytelling. Uh, so, yeah, dive into, I mean, anything he's written is good. And his most recent one is A Cabin at the End of the World, uh, which is just last year. But I think starting, look at A Head Full of Ghosts. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Very nice. Brett, what about you? Since it is 2019, 
and one of my favorite films of all time place in such a year. Uh, I would suggest Akira. going out and having a read of uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Oh, uh, I very nearly suggested that. So go, like, go see where the inspiration you know, went into Ridley Scott and got interpreted. I, I, yeah. I like the book and I love the film and yeah. seeing how they were translated and then the visualizations that came from that. Yeah. Um, that's when it comes to what I enjoy about film and what I enjoy about storytelling. A lot of that comes from how do you interpret what you have in your head or what you've written down on paper in terms of ideas into visuals. So being able to see both sides of that between those two examples, the book and the film. Um, yeah. If you haven't given it a read and you yeah. like Blade Runner or vice versa, just go watch both. Read. Watch. Read. Just then read. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, that's a fantastic um, suggestion. It's definitely one of my favorite authors. Um, and some of his other lesser known books are brilliant as well and well worth checking out. Um, we could do 100%. a whole episode on books. Oh, we really could. Oh, I'm just, oh, my list is just going. Oh, <laughs> I know, but we've still got we've got too many we've got too many episodes to do about animals. Still True. got animals and food. Um, yeah, and my, well, my next uh, big project is uh, bookshelf as well because um, oh. I want to be able to display my books again. Uh, right, Foxy River bookshelf. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, any other any other business? No, no. I'm very happy that John was here. Yes, I'm awesome. Thank you very much, John, for coming on. And uh, I think it's just worth mentioning as well. If you guys don't know, uh, John plays a really important role, sort of behind the scenes with Fools with Tools and helps us run the group and stuff. Um, so yeah, thanks, thanks for everything you do, dude. Yeah, dude, dude, dude. No, Fools with Tools is a is a very easy uh, community to work within everyone is really fantastic i i mean moderating adminning the group is pretty effortless um because everybody is cool so, <laughs> yeah. yeah no that's uh it's a very good shout um and speaking of john uh if you want to find him on social media you can check him out at johndharvey.com or on instagram at uh John D. Harvey, or one word. Uh, or look up The Cleansing on Amazon.co.uk. Or look up The Cleansing. And order a on copy. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, hopefully very soon, on YouTube, which I don't have the link to hand right now, but I'm sure I'll actually do the shows this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is a lie. No, I, I genuinely am. That's what I'm doing this evening. Um, yes, so go check him out, because uh, he's fucking spiffing and he does a lot of good work uh and if you want to find us you can find us on all the usual social medias uh you can find me at moonshine metalworks you can find brett at skull and spade 13 and you can find al at al's hack shack and if you want to find us as a collective you can find us uh at fwt podcast on instagram you can find us at www.fwtpodcast.com and you can, of course, find us in the Fools with Tools group, which, as we've discussed, John does a huge amount of work for. Uh, and when you ask to join, it's normally 
John that uh, that lets you in or not. So if you don't answer those questions, it'll be John that sends you a message saying, please answer the questions. Uh, and if you don't answer them, then we just delete you because why not? Uh, yes. So go do all that. Check us out on all the things. Do all the lovely things. Share this with people. Do great things, stuff and things. And goodbye. Bye. Bye. Uh, I kind of, I've, I've, I've had too much coffee.